Lord is, there's healing available. Father, we thank you that it's your desire and your will and your plan that we live lives free from sickness and disease to our very last breath on the earth. Father, we can choose to live free from sickness and disease and pains and aches, Father. Those are not the sicknesses of, of the elderly, Father. Those are the sicknesses of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And Father, we can live lives free from sickness and disease and aches and pains, and arthritis, bone disease, and blood disease, Father, cancers. We can live free from all of them by your power that resides in us. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and the honor for these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen, amen. You know, um, um, there was a minister by the name of P.C. Nelson uh, that Brother Hagan knew. Of course, uh, people that knew Brother Hagan, like Brother Randy, would, would call him uh, Dad Hagan because they, they knew him closely and... and um, they did that just, you know, out of uh, just respect and honor for Brother Hagen because he was an elderly minister, or he was the elder uh, minister, not because he was uh, elderly in age, but he was a senior minister, so they would call him uh, Dad Hagen. Well, Brother Hagen called P.C. Nelson Dad Nelson, so I guess that would make um, him uh, Granddad Nelson if it was Brother Brother Randy knew him, right? But uh, you never knew uh, P.C. Nelson, did you? I'm sure that was a long time, but... but, but uh, one of the things that uh, P.C. Nelson used to say, there's two subjects that you can't teach too much about. He said you can't teach too much about faith and you can't teach too much about healing uh, because both of those things are, are important doctrines in the church. Amen. Uh, and so that's and that's really why we have healing school so that we can teach uh, and focus just on the topic of healing, because even in the church, there's so much sickness and disease. And of course, just uh, uh, if you uh, uh, come here at any uh, at any given time, just about every message we teach is something about faith in there, amen? So you get a lot of a teaching about faith, but we focus just on healing on Sunday afternoons at 3 p.m. Uh, because there's such a need for that. And, and one secret, and it's not really a secret, but uh, it's something that the church as a whole didn't know. You know, the song says that healing is here. Well, healing is always here because it says in Luke chapter 5 that the power of the Lord was present to heal. And the power of the Lord is the Spirit of God. Well, we're the carriers of the Spirit of God. Everywhere we go, there's power to heal. Amen. Uh, and you can receive that power either directly by faith or through the manifestation of one of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but it's kind of a secret of the church that everywhere we go, there's power of the present to heal. Uh, and, and so we thank the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, uh, of course, uh, Brother Randy's been in the ministry for many years and, and has taught uh, much on healing and been healed many times by the Lord uh, through faith and, and uh, the work of the Spirit of God. And so we always ask uh, the guest ministers to teach on healing because so many of them have had uh, great experiences and testimonies, and, and the Lord has used them many times to, to pray for the sick. And so it's good for uh, them to impart into our lives what they know about healing. Amen. And so let's give a, a warm date and welcome to Brother Randall Greer all the way from Owasso, Oklahoma. God is with us. I'm glad you're here, and I'm here, and we're all here. You know, God is uh, emphasizing different things, and there's a lot of things going on in the world and in the nation, and in the nations of the earth that uh, we'll talk about. If you get to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, we'll be up there starting Tuesday night. Isn't that right? What time, what time we start? 7 p.m. Tuesday, and then 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday, and we'll cover some of those things when we get there. But as Dr. Chip has said, we, we are here this afternoon to talk about uh, healing in relation to what the Word of God says. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your holy written Word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And today, as I speak, I thank you I'll speak as the oracles of God, administer with the ability only which you can give, and Father, we give you the glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles to, uh, to Matthew chapter 8. In order to receive healing, you first have to believe in healing. You've got to believe that Jesus took your infirmities, bore your sickness and diseases. You've got to believe that healing is for you today. 
You know, I come up in a uh, denominational when I was littler, you know, before I went astray and come back to the Lord many years ago. But I come up in the denominational church, wonderful Pentecostal type church, and they believed that God could heal, but they didn't know if he would or not. In fact, every time they prayed, and I'm not belittling anybody or attacking anybody, it's just because of a lack of revelation along this line. They believed that God could heal, but they didn't know if he would or not. And so they said, Lord, heal this person if it be thy will. Well, when you're praying the prayer of faith and you believe in God for something supernatural to transpire, you can't put if it be thy will in it. You've got to know the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So in order to receive healing in your body, you first got to know that it belongs to you. Isn't that right? And I know this is elementary truth, but it's something we need to cover. Here in Matthew chapter 8, we'll just read. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. And uh, verse number 16. Well, let's start with verse 14. Why don't we go to Genesis chapter 1? I mean, this... Let's just cover the Bible. <laughs> it says in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 8, it says, when Jesus was come into Peter's house, by the way, let me stop here. I would encourage you, if you want to study about healing, go to Matthew chapter 8. Meditate on this chapter. And you'll see the hand of God and the healing power of God at work in people's lives. Right? Meditate on, on, on Matthew chapter 8, especially in relation to the first part of it, actually down to these verses that we're talking about, actually to verse number uh, 17, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Because if you look through there, you'll find out that, uh, that Jesus healed people here. And this is what I want to get to, though, verse 14 of Matthew chapter 8. It says, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. So Jesus saw her sick. Isn't that right? She had a fever. Now, what causes fever? Something's wrong in your body, and your body is overheating. You need to put some water in your radiator. In a car engine, right? In a car engine, if it overheats, the engine does then that means you've got a temperature. Your temperature is too high in a car engine, so you need to put some water in it. Or either if you put water in it and it still don't cool down, your water pump may be gone. And then if you put water in it and the water disappears, then the hose may be busted. And then if you water don't disappear from a hose, but it disappears, it may be your block's busted or the head's busted. So anyway, you got a temperature. So Jesus here realized that Peter's mother was laying here and she was sick. Now, what it does not say, and I want to point out to you, I want to point out to you how much Jesus cares about us and how much he desires us to be healed. It does not say that Peter's mother-in-law said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm sick, will you pray for me? Now, there would have been nothing wrong with that, but it says that Jesus saw her laying there sick and she had a fever. Isn't that what it said? So without any asking from her, the mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law, Jesus brought healing to her. Isn't that right? But that doesn't mean that we don't ask. But he said in verse 14, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand... And the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. In other words, she got up out of the doggone bed. Isn't that right? I mean, she was sick prior to this, but when he touched her hand, the power of God went into her, the healing anointing went into her, and she got up out of that bed. Verse 16 says, When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and did what else? Healed all that it was sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself, Jesus of course, 
took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. A prerequisite to being healed is to know that Jesus took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses and diseases. Jesus has taken our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and diseases. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. A scripture you couldn't wait to get to. 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, Brother Randy, this is just basic, simple stuff. <clears throat> I know, but it's the simple things that help us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. In order to be healed, you've got to first believe that healing is yours today. It belongs to you today, that Jesus wants you healed. It's the truth of the Word of God He wants you healed. But it says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24, <clears throat> it says, Who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree to the cross, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Isn't that what the Bible says? So by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. It belongs to us. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. Turn to Mark chapter 16. I know you couldn't wait to get to this one either. Mark chapter 16. We are establishing the truth here that it's, it's the Word of God and it's the will of God that we be healed in our physical bodies. That you be healed in our phys physical bodies and it's already yours. It says in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said these words, this is after He rose from the dead, before He ascended up into heaven for the last time. And he said here, verse number 17 of Mark 16, says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. In other words, you have authority over every evil spirit. And it says, They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall, what? Recover. So Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus said that the believer, those that are born again, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus said, the believer, the born again person, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I said, the Bible says, Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Remember, Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law's hand. Isn't that right? What happened? There was a power or substance we call the healing power of God that was transmitted to Peter's mother-in-law, and she rose up totally healed and healthy, and he said that the believer can lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. Amen? It's in the Bible. Now, we also believe in miracles. We believe in a miracle where, you know, that you don't have to basically touch anybody or do anything when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. You could or could not. I've had it happen to me before. Uh, but the majority of people are healed through either their own faith or somebody laying hands on them, or, or, and, and uh, miracles can take place. It's like the man with, at the pool of Bethesda where Jesus was at, came to, was led by the Spirit, he walked up to the man and said, will you be made whole? And of course, he was thinking along the lines because he knew there was a season where the water was troubled in the pool, the pool of Bethesda, and the first person that stepped into that water was healed of whatever sickness or disease they had, and that's why they were all around there waiting for the troubling of the water. And so he walked up to this man and said, will you be made whole? He said, I have no man, the sick man said, I have no man to help me get into the water. I can't move. I'm right here laying on a pallet here beside this pool. Hopefully somehow to get in that thing. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was healed and got up and took up his bed and walked off. He said, why did he take up his bed and walked off? Because Jesus said so. <laughs> Isn't that right? So that's the miracle power of God. Now, that man didn't have one ounce of faith about his own personal healing. How do we know that? Because he didn't even know who Jesus was. Right? Isn't that right? He didn't know who he was. 
Afterwards, he come to discover who Jesus was, but at the time, he didn't know who he was. So that was a miracle in action, and God supernaturally chose to raise that man up there by the pool of Bethesda. Isn't that right? And thank God that he did. Now, a lot of people, when it comes to healing, not a lot, I, I, I wouldn't say it would be you because you've been around here enough to know this, but some people think that the only way you can be healed is just a miracle. You know, that God's got to sovereignly do something. He's got to trouble the water or, or something like that in order for you to be healed. But there is another way that anybody on planet Earth can be healed, and that is through acting on what the Bible says. If you will act on what the Bible says, it shall come to pass in your life. Turn to Mark chapter 11. I know you could not wait to get to Mark chapter 11. If we act on the Word, act on what the Bible says, it will always work. The Word, the Bible, always works for those who work it. The Bible, the Word of God, always works for those who work it. There is a spiritual law, we'll talk about it here. In Matthew, I mean Mark chapter 11, verse number 23, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, it could be sickness and disease, whatever, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said, verse 23, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, sickness, disease, whatever it may be, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. 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 I know you think the record stuck. Remember how to hit the old record player and make the needle jump over? But I'm here to tell you, I emphasize that because Jesus said, don't accuse me of saying it because I didn't say it. I'm repeating what I heard and read. Jesus said, you will have what you say. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says in the Bible, Jesus said, not I, but Jesus said, He said, Whosoever shall say in this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say doubt in your head. It said doubt in your heart. You can have a thought of doubt in your head, but that don't mean you're doubting in your innermost being. Because the enemy operates out here in the world, and he tries to put thoughts into our mind, like doubt and unbelief that this is not working. But it says, if you shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said this, and it is a spiritual truth. And in fact, it is a spiritual law. Everything in creation God created, except man himself, was created by the spoken word. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and just underline two words in the King James Version, you'd be surprised. If you hadn't already done it, you'd be surprised, maybe even amazed, maybe even astonished at two simple words. And the two words are, God said. God said. God said. And that's in Genesis chapter 1. And you'll see how God spoke the world into existence. That's what he did. By faith. And we speak our world into existence. We can do that. There's a spiritual law that's set in motion by God himself, not by me, but by God that you can have and you will have what you say. That's why it's important to say what you want to see. It's important to say what you want to see. It's important to say what you want to see. It's important to say what you want to see. Don't be like Aunt Kate. Y'all remember Aunt Kate? She's out of the hills of West Virginia. And she, she said, she said, uh, call me on the phone, said, 
I tell you the truth, I feel so bad today. I feel so bad. I've got lumbago, my bago. She said, I believe a Winnebago run over me. I'll just tell you the truth about it. I say, hey, Kate, don't talk like that. Well, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm telling you now, I'm not going to lie about it. And she meant well, you know. She called it the Infernal Revenue Service. That's what she called it, Infernal Revenue Service. That was her term for it, Infernal Revenue Service. Not internal, but infernal. And that come out of the hills and mountains of West Virginia. And so she basically, as much as I love my Aunt Kate, she talked herself to death. She literally talked herself to death. Talked herself to death. Now, you would think, well, how could this happen? Well, because Jesus said here, now he didn't call it a spiritual law, but if you permit me, I'll call it a spiritual law, because you can, you can just prove this throughout the scriptures. It's not an isolated scripture, but because of the time we have today, we're not going to try to prove something here. That's, that's Dr. Chip's job, not mine. He can do all the proving and, and wherefores and how-tos and all that. But you can go back to the book of Genesis and God said, you know, and get here and Jesus said, you can have what you say. And then he turned around, therefore I say unto you, in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, what things have you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. So that's what he said. So there's a spiritual law, spiritual truth, that God himself has set in motion that we are not God, we will never be God, but we're made in His image. We're made in His likeness. And we're to act like God would act in situations and circumstances. And that's what uh, we would do if we need healing in our bodies, then we start declaring healing for our physical bodies. Don't be like Fred Sanford. Y'all remember the show Sanford and Son? You know, he still comes on out our way. I don't know if y'all see him. Did y'all get him around here? I'll look at him every now and then, too. I, oh, oh, Fred, I just laugh at him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Mr. Sanford, you know, what was he famous for? Fred Sanford on the show I'm talking about. Uh, Elizabeth, the big ones are coming. You know what I mean? That was it. He was just famous for that. You know, anytime he wanted to make his son Lamont stay at home, remember, he'd play that game, oh, this is a big one. Oh, this is a big one tomorrow. This is the end of it, you know. Well, you know, there's no telling how many times that he said those words. And, of course, he was joking, just, just doing it. You know, it's just a, a skit in this uh, show that they were doing, this routine or whatever it was. But there's no telling how many times they had to replay and redo something. But he'd done that over the years. He just kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he kept saying it, he kept saying it, and he kept saying it, and he kept saying it. When he first started saying it, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He was just laughing about it. He'd laugh about it. He'd laugh about it. He'd laugh about it. He laughed about it. He laughed about it. But one day it registered on him, and he fell dead on the set of a heart attack. A massive heart attack. Because there's a spiritual law that you can have what you say. And when you tell your body you're having a heart attack about 10,000 times or more, your body believes that you're having a heart attack. And whether you are or not, you have one. And so Fred Sanford fell dead while taping one of those shows, I don't know which one, and I'm not saying it was Sanford's son, but he fell dead of a massive heart attack. He fell dead. What was the inventor of, the, of Apple? Who, what was his name? Steve Jobs. If you needed a job, you went to Steve because his last name was Job. Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Or you went to Job. Job is in the Bible. Job one, two, three. You know, if you're looking for a job, it's in the Bible. But something about Steve Jobs that, uh, that uh, you know, was a founder of Apple. I think he was a co-founder. Isn't that right? A co-founder. But anyway... Eventually he was, uh, but anyway, he was just a driven man. And I remember uh, seeing an interview after he died. You know, he finally died. I think it was pancreatic cancer that actually uh, killed him. And, and so his, his, the founding partner of Apple, which had done went in another direction at this later time in life, 
They were interviewing him and talking to him on the news. And I remember turning it up because I wanted to hear what he had to say. And they asked him a question, something similar to this. Said, are you shocked that the reason, you know, that he, Steve Jobs, died so young? And of course, I'm waiting to hear the answer, you know. And they are too. And he said, uh, he thought about it a minute, you know. And it's like he was wondering if he ought to say it or not, you know. And he said, finally, he said, well, he said, no, it really don't surprise me that he died as young as he did. And, of course, they were startled, you know, the interviewer. Well, why is that? He said, because he always said that I'm going to die young, and whatever I'm going to do, i got to do it quickly. In fact, he was so driven. If you go back and study his life, and I didn't study it, but just read a little bit about it, you know, and that uh, he was so driven, he didn't want nobody to take breaks, he didn't want them to take no vacations or anything. They actually fired him from Apple. The board did. Because he was so driven. Because he had a sense of destiny because he had said it so much that he's going to die young that he believed it, he believed it, he believed it, and he was trying to create and invent things. And he needed the help of all these wizards, you know, that's got all these brains to help him do it. And so Steve Jobs did not die because of pancreatic cancer. Fred Sanford did not die of a massive heart attack. Now, don't throw me out, Dr. Chip. Massive heart attack did not kill Fred Sanford. His tongue did. The heart attack was a vehicle that took him out of here. Steve Jobs' uh, pancreatic cancer did not kill him. It was his tongue his partner said so. And they, these guys are not, you, you couldn't accuse them of being spiritual, I don't think, you know. And I'm not belittling him. I'm not saying he wasn't right with God. I'm not, when you get close to the gate, I mean, I don't care what you believe prior to that. You might have worshipped a horse. But when you get close to the gate, and I'm not against your horse now, don't get me wrong. You might have worshipped old Bessie the cow, you know. But, but when you get close to the gates and you start seeing the pearly gates like Mr. Jobs did, I believe he started reaching out if there was a God. You know, he still tried to find him, you know. Whether he ever did or not, I don't know. But you could literally say that Mr. Sanford and Mr. Jobs talked themselves to death. They joined the ranks of Aunt Kate. You know, joined the ranks. They killed herself with her tongue. Now, I would bring Dr. Chip up to do something for y'all, but he might, you know, hurt something. I know we're faith people, but I would get him to do the moonwalk for y'all. I'm not sure Jared may have to do it, but anyway. <laughs> but you know who made that moonwalk famous, right? Who was his name? What was his name? Michael Jackson. Do you know how Michael Jackson died? Now, the reason I'm saying these things is not just to be secular-minded or get you in a secular mindset. I want to tell you that this law works that Jesus talked about whether you lost or saved. And I'm not saying nobody was lost or nobody was saved. I'm not saying that. I'm not judging people along those lines. Michael Jackson was probably, I don't know if he was the wealthiest entertainer in the world, but he might have. I mean, he, he could fill this room with money and the other room and the other room and the other room. I don't know, maybe half the city because of the money. He had his own doggone what called circus or something, a fair or something in his house. What did they call that? When he, they had something, they had anything he wanted. Listen, he had doggone giraffes walking around on his property. I don't know who to talk to about buying one. But he had giraffes and all kinds of animals like that walking around his property just because he liked them. Maybe you need a giraffe help you with them seeds. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't because of lack of money. And of course, I know that they arrested that doctor that shot him up, you know, and everything and put him in prison because they said he killed him, but that man didn't kill him. I'm going to prove it to you. That doctor did not kill Michael Jackson. Let me tell you this story. After 
Michael Jackson died. Of course, it, it's much sorrow filled the world, you know, especially people that was in the industry and people that had followed him and the moonwalk and the gloves and everything. Dr. Chip, I'm still thinking you'd look good doing it. <laughs> Just don't break nothing while you're doing it. <laughs> but uh, Michael Jackson, when he passed away, you know, just people were sorrowful. They were having, you know, morning services and all that kind of stuff. M-O-U-R-N, is that how you spell it? I-N-G. In other words, people were sad and sorry. And they were, you know, doing memorials and everything, and everybody was so sad. But you, if you remember correctly, that Michael Jackson was at one time married to Elvis Presley's daughter. You remember that? She and he got together and got married. What was her name? Marie? Marie? Marie. Okay. Lisa Marie, because his wife was Priscilla, wasn't it? Anyway, but Lisa Marie, which is Elvis's daughter, uh, have you ever heard of Elvis Presley? Ever? I mean, he had a lot of money, too. We've been to the mansion out there where they, in, in Memphis, isn't that right, doll baby? At, uh, what do they call it? Graceland, yeah. We, we went, went through there one time when we was years ago, you know. I didn't see him. They said he was around the corner. But anyway, <laughs> but, but they, they said he's out there, you know, Elvis. But uh, Lisa Marie, Elvis Presley's daughter, was married to Michael Jackson at one time. Well, I happened to be, when all this was going on, I happened to be on the news channels. And somehow I flipped it to one of these new channels with the button, you know, the button flipping trip. And all of a sudden I seen her, Lisa Marie. And it had on their interview, you know, with Lisa Marie. And so I turned it up. I want to see what she's saying. And so they were asking her all kinds of questions, what it was like to be with Michael and what was his life like and, you know, and everything. You know, there was this reminiscent about the past, you know, and trying to help people heal from him passing away and things like that. And then they got down to this question, and I really turned it up. They asked her a similar question that was asked to Steve Jobs' founding partner that founded Apple years ago. And this is what they asked her, and I'm just paraphrasing. They wouldn't word for word. She said, does it shock you that Michael Jackson died as young as he did? Well, of course, everybody's waiting to hear, especially me. And she said, no, it doesn't surprise me that Michael died as young as he did. And they said, well, why? She said, because when I was married to him, said, over and over, not every single moment, every single second, maybe not even every single day, she said he would make this statement. He would say to me as his wife, I'm going to die just like your daddy did. I'm going to die young. And she would say to him, Michael, don't say that. You know how you don't want somebody to say something or do? Don't say that. She didn't really know why she didn't want him to say it, but she knew saying that's not good. Well, we, we know it's really not good. So the doctor did not kill Michael Jackson. His tongue did. The medicine or whatever the doctor gave him, that fentanyl, whatever, whatever it was, I don't know what it was, that gave him was just a vehicle by means he went out of here. In other words, he talked himself to death. He joined Fred Sanford, he joined Steve Jobs, and he joined Aunt Kate because they talked himself to death. Now the means, they did go out of here. And they blame it on those things, everything. Like the doctor was arrested, remember? And I think he may be still in prison. I don't know how long he got. But the doctor, you know, the doctor was only doing uh, Michael's Jackson's uh, will because Michael warned him to give him that stuff, you know. 
because he was probably tormented from all the stuff he was going through. But anyway, all those things that people were supposedly died of, did it really, was that really the culprit that took them out? Or was it something they said and believed consistently that took them out? Yes, I'm not denying that those other things happened or diseases took place or drugs were involved or, or anything like that. But if you keep saying something like that long enough, it's going to happen in your life. How do you know? The Bible says so. Jesus said here in the Bible, let's look again. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Isn't that what it says? He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. In order for us to implement healing in our lives without a miracle of God, God simply intervening, or Christ coming down and touching us like he touched Peter's mother-in-law. The way that we implement the, the Word of God and by faith is by speaking those words from our mouth. By His stripes I'm healed. If you'll get a hold to the Bible, just a simple phrase, that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and diseases, and just stay with it, 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 and stay with it. Stay with it, just keep saying it, just keep saying it, just keep saying it. Keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. Keep saying it, brother, I don't know, I just said it. I don't know. You sure about it? Keep saying it. Keep saying it. What was the lady's name that had the healing homes? Lillian B. Yeoman. Y'all remember Mrs. Yeoman? That had been a medical doctor. They got books out there you can get on this. But she had a, a healing home, right? You got them books? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got them. Those... Uh, uh, she had a healing home. Her and her sister run it. And they could only take so many patients at a time. It's a two-story house. Y'all remember this story? It, it makes you want to get up and go when you hear this story. It just brings faith to you. It amplifies what we've been talking about here. But they, this lady had, uh, I think it was cancer. Isn't that right? The one they brought into the healing home? Because they only take so many. And uh, she had been a medical doctor at one time, but she wouldn't practice in medicine now, Lillian B. Yeomans. And so she was, uh, you know, had a healing home for people that had no hope, no help. Medical science couldn't do anything for them. Doctors couldn't, no, nothing. And so they had to take them on a case-by-case -case basis. So they brought this lady, had room for one more lady, and they brought this lady in, and they put her in upstairs. And the first thing that happened is, is uh, Mrs. Yeomans, the, the Christian lady that believed in healing and faith and things like we're talking about today. Now, of course, Miss Yeomans never met Michael Jackson because she lived before his time. <laughs> and Mr. Jobs because she lived before his time. But she went in by this lady's bed that was dying of this incurable disease. I mean, she's on her last leg. Stage four, stage six, stage 27. I mean, it's far gone as you can get. Just old frail skin and bones. Can't keep nothing in her. No strength. Had to drag her almost up the stairs, you know. First thing she did, Miss Yomas did, is sat down beside her bed and said, Now, honey, try to pay attention to me because this lady was in pain, severe pain, dying with this cancer. Try to, try to pay, pay attention. And she started just reading in the Bible. I started reading healing scriptures to her over and over, just going through the Bible and sat there. It read to her for quite some time. She said, now, honey, I want you to say to this lady, this lady in the bed, every time that you think about it, when you don't think about it, say it while you're laying here. Say that, and it's something similar to this. I'm not quoting her exactly. 
But Jesus took my infirmities and bore all my sicknesses and diseases, and by his stripes I am healed. Now she said something a little different, but that'll work. You know what I mean? She said, say it. She said, how long do I say it? The sick lady said. She said, just uh, keep saying it. How long? Just keep saying it. How long do you say it? Keep saying it. So she just kept saying it. She said it. So she come back, you know, later on that day and said to her, have you been saying it? Yes, but I don't sense anything. I'm not getting anywhere. Just keep saying it. So she'd read her some scriptures some more. Out of the Bible, he did scripture, just go through them and get her to think about them. Of course, the lady's going in and out of consciousness and pain. And she'd get her back, you know, and she said, now to say it, every time that you think about it, say it, say it, say it. By his stripes, I'm healed. He took my infirmities, bore my sickness and diseases, something to that effect, you know. And uh, she, she'd come back, you know, and leave her and then come back later on and check on her. Have you been saying it? Yeah, but it don't seem like it's doing anything. Don't get it. Just keep saying it. She'd read her more scriptures. Just keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. And so this went on for several days, I guess about a week or so, something you recall. You, know, you, you got a perfect memory, you remember? Anyway, some, several days over a good period of time, you know, several, four, five, six, seven days, something like that. And one day, Miss Yeomans was downstairs, you know, that had been encouraging this lady to say it. And this lady that was sick was upstairs in one of the bedrooms upstairs. And she was down there cooking a pot of soup or something. I don't know for them to eat, try to get the people to eat something. Because if you don't eat, you're going to die, you know, eventually anyway. And so she was cooking this pot of soup. And all of a sudden, they heard such a clatter. Her and her sister did. It was in the kitchen of cooking. They heard such a clatter. And the feet are running across the floor, pity patter. And come, come running down the steps. And there was that lady that was dying. Come running down them steps saying, Dr. Yeomans, Dr. Yeomans, Dr. Yeomans. Do you know that by the stripes of Jesus that I am healed? She said, honey, that's what I've been trying to tell you ever since you got here. Healed. Now, I'm not making that up. It's a true story. And I'm here to tell you it'll work for you. You just got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. When your mind tells you it's not working, just keep saying it. 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 Because eventually, you're going to do like that lady. You're going to jump up off that bed and you're going to run down them steps and holler, Hey! Just make sure you got your skibbies on before you run outside. Amen. Because <laughs> you're going to be excited. I'm here to tell you. You're going to be excited. Why? There's a spiritual law. I didn't set it in motion. And I called it a spiritual law, but it's a spiritual truth that God himself set in motion. That we can have what we say. We will have what we say. Eventually. Just keep saying it, 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 keep saying it. Now I know this is not related to healing, but I'll just tell you, I just recently bought a big, 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 big airplane. Big, 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 big. But the way it happened is, my tongue. I didn't have it naturally to do it, but I needed another method of travel. I've got an airplane, but I need a method of travel that would carry more weight and some other things, and it just seemed impossible, impractical. In fact, it seemed absolutely stupid. But I went, found this airplane, Met this fella. He's a multi-millionaire. He just bought him a Lear 31 jet. <laughs> and I was up there in that room with him, as big as what you call, Granny used to say, big as Ike. You remember Ike? <laughs> big as Ike. And I just, I just started telling him, I said, uh, everything's going to be all right. God's going to supply all the need. Everything's going to die. I believe you. I believe you. You had more faith than a lot of saints do. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you. Well, he believed it so much, I got to believe in it. I believed it, I believed it, I believed it. And I got it, I got it, I got it. But it's after just keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. Whatever it is that you need, believe it and say it. Find scriptures. If you need healing in your physical body, find scriptures. 
that promises you healing. Meditate on the scriptures. Just those two that I just read there about Matthew 8, 17 and 1 Peter 2, 24. Just meditate on them. Of course, God will show you some others if you need to know them. Meditate on them. And healing will take place in your life eventually if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. It will come to pass. Why don't you stand to your feet? Now let's make a confession. Let's let's, just go this way because we can lay hands on everybody but I don't want to rub nobody's hair off. You know what I mean? Because I would imagine most people's had some hands laid on if you've been here very long. Hands laid on. And we're not against that whatsoever. What we're going to do is reinforce by confession today what we just talked about in the Word. Is that okay? Let's say this and let your heart agree with it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy written Word. Your Word says... If I believe something in my heart and say it with my mouth, it will come to pass in my life. So in Jesus' name, according to your word, you took my infirmities and you bore my sicknesses and diseases. And by your stripes, I am healed. So right now, I thank you that I am healed. Thank you, the healing power of God is flowing through me to the top of my head, to the bottom of my feet. By His stripes, I have been healed. By His stripes, I have been healed. I'm walking it out in my life. In Jesus' name, I declare it to be so. Amen. Remember when you run down the steps and you run out the door, make sure you got your skivvies on. My God, Jesus, help me. I've preached myself happy today. You may be seated. I'm turning to Dr. Chip. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. You know, the, uh, we, we thank God for the, uh, the ministry gifts, right? We thank God for the gifts of healings according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that uh, is most helpful to develop in your own life is your own personal faith. Amen. Uh, the nice thing about the uh, uh, about faith is you can receive by faith anything that you can receive by a miracle. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, the Lord does use people in a special way in the gifts of healings, you know, manifestations, uh, working a miracle, special faith, those types of things. Uh, but you have to wait till they arrive. Amen. You have to go find them. You have to go chase them down somewhere. Or let them come to your house. But faith works all the time. Amen. And so, of course, we don't want to belittle the gifts of the Spirit because it's the manifestation of the, of the mercy of God that he does that. Amen. Because some people haven't been trained in faith. They don't know everything they need to know about faith. And so the Lord will use somebody in a special way to deliver healing for their lives to keep them along, alive long enough to get faith. Amen. Uh, but then once you have faith, uh, you know, you can do that anytime. It works in the shower. It works, you know, when you're sitting on the couch. It works when... When you're in the drive-thru at Walmart, you know, it works everywhere. And so it's, uh, uh, that's the, and, and what Brother Randy taught today is really uh, us developing our own faith for healing. Amen. And so there's no better way to live in, in faith than there is, uh, or live in healing than there is by your own faith. Amen. Because what you'll find, and we've seen, we've seen this out uh, by lots of testimonies, that people that, that don't ever develop faith, they'll, they'll move and travel between all these ministers of healing and they'll get healed early on in their Christian walk. But it seems as though that the ability to get somebody else to pray for them tends to wane over time. And so early on, they seem to have a lot of success. But after a while, it seems that they can't find any success no matter who they go to. And part of the reason is the Lord is expecting us to develop our own faith. Amen. He's always wanted the church to live by faith. In fact, he said four different times in the word of God that the just shall what live by faith. Amen. So, we live by faith. We don't live by someone else operating in the gifts of the Spirit. We live by faith. Amen. So we thank, thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. Don't ever want to diminish those, of course. We thank the Lord that he's chosen to do that. But everything that we can receive by the gifts of the Spirit, we can receive by faith. Because it, the Lord desires his people to walk and live by faith. And so we thank him for that. Amen. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, uh, been a, pr- a privilege and an honor for us to have uh, Brother Randall Greer here with us uh, from Oklahoma. 
just always a good word and, and encouraging word, amen, to us. Uh, and um, uh, thank everybody that came out for healing school today. And so let's get ready to receive an offering today. And so we're, we're going to receive one offering for bro- Brother Randy and his ministry. And um, if you need to uh, write a check, you can, of course, write a check out to Word of Truth Church uh, or WOT if that's too many words. Uh, if that's too many words, just leave it blank. We'll just fill in whatever we want to, right? And so, um, uh, and then, of course, we'll write one check for Brother Randy. But um, everything we receive today will go into his ministry uh, to sow uh, a seed into his ministry and a financial seed into his ministry uh, because we want to honor uh, the minister of God that came to us to impart things into our ministry. Amen. And, uh, you know, Mark eleven twenty four has been in the, in the Bible for 2,000 years. Uh, and so there's nothing, there's nothing that anybody preaches that's not already in the Word of God. Amen. But uh, when, when the Lord speaks it to us uh, by the inspiration of His Spirit, then it's special. Amen. Uh, and so we thank the Lord for a timely word for our lives. And so uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for the opportunity to give. So, Father, we thank you uh, for the Word of God. We thank you, Father, that it's imparted into our lives. We choose to live by that word, Father, we declare with our own mouth that we are the healed of God, that we live by faith, we're healed by faith. And we thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom, that you've blessed us and honored us by giving us uh, finances, Father, to sow into the lives of other people, but also into the kingdom of heaven. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we give into your kingdom, you said, but my God shall supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And um, just want to remind everybody that, of course, uh, after Brother Randy leaves here, he's heading up to Gatlinburg, and he has a conference up there twice a year in Gatlinburg. It's over there at the uh, Courtyard Marriott uh, there in Gatlinburg. Uh, and uh, there's another name for it, right? It's not the, is it, uh, it's a Marriott, something Marriott. It's, it's, uh, uh, the, is it a Courtyard Marriott? I thought there was a other name for it, you know, but, uh, but uh, it's on Nature Trail Drive there. So, um, but he'll be there uh, starting Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., Wednesday uh, at 10 a.m. at 7 p.m., and then also Thursday at 10 a.m., 7 p.m. So if you get a chance and want to go to those meetings, you can let us know. You don't have to stay at the courtyard if you don't want to. Of course, there's other hotels around there. Uh, but um, those are all, always good services, and so uh, we're going to be heading up there shortly for those meetings as well. And then Miss Becky will be there too, right? So you get to see her again if you come up there. So. All right, praise God. We'll be blessed. Uh, uh, Come up and greet uh, Brother Randy before he heads out, and uh, you're dismissed.